One of the things that we often talk about as a best practice is, is that wherever there's weigh-in, there's buy-in. And so while mm-hmm. the spouse may not work the business or work in the business, it's okay to bring home certain aspects, opportunities, or challenges and say, hey, here's something that we're, I'm dealing with within the business. And I wanted to get mm-hmm. your perspective. Welcome to One Next Step, the most practical business podcast in the world, helping you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence with tips and tools you didn't get in business school. Here are your hosts, Trisha Shortino and Lisa Zeveld. Welcome to One Next Step, the practical business podcast that helps you run your business so it stops running you. I'm Lisa, also known as LZ, and my co-host Trisha is out of the office today, so I'm running this place all by myself. But today's episode, I have two great friends, O.L. and Sway Buckley, and they're going to talk to us about how to properly engage your spouse in your business. You know, your spouse will eventually feel the ups and downs of your business, even if they're not involved, right? So how can you make sure your spouse is involved, but in a very healthy way? As successful married entrepreneurs and hosts of the super popular Married Panor Life podcast, O.L. and Sway Buckley have been down this road and have years of wisdom to offer us today. So let's settle in and find out what they have to say. Well, welcome, 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 Sway and O.L. I am so excited that you are here with us today. With me today, I do not have my partner in crime, and so boo-hoo, I'm a little bit sad, but I have actually had the incredible honor of being on your podcast, and so I feel like we are friends, and yes, and no doubt we are going to be able to to knock this out of the park today. Um, I'm looking forward to you sharing so many good nuggets with our married listeners out there who are probably struggling with some of the things that you guys are now experts at. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> We're working at it. <laughs> yeah. Experts in training, right? <laughs> right, right. Exactly. I, I know the feeling. I know the feeling. Well, one of the things I love to do when we first have our guest on is just a little icebreaker so that people can feel like they get to know you on a more, you know, fun side than being all serious. So um, not that this is like funny, haha, but I, I think this is a great place to start. Um, And this is to both of you. So I want two separate answers. (laughs) Who would you consider to be your example? Or where did you find the example of what a great marriage should look like? Mm. Where did I find? Hmm. Yeah, or who? Was it like a particular couple? Was it like a resource you leaned into? Both. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would definitely say for me, Of course, we've had I've had mentors that I've seen live it out, as well as first and foremost, biblically, I've seen like Mm -hmm. how like, oh, so a husband's supposed to love his wife like this. Oh, okay, so a wife is supposed to uh, respond like this or just, you know, be wise in this way and, you know, and be patient in this way. So just understanding what that that model looks like for me, ultimately, Mm -hmm. it's going to be biblically, but then seeing it lived out. Um, I've had just quite a few mentors that I've been able to to watch along the way. Ironically, uh, my parents divorced very young. I was, you know, two, but they were best of friends all of my, you know, adult childhood. And so that, you know, was great. But as far as seeing it lived out, um, I've had lots of lots of good friends who've had parents who uh, have allowed me to watch them, you know, up close. And yeah, so. 
that's been that's been a, a big influence in my life. Well, sometimes I feel like the examples like you were talking about your parents are great examples of maybe what not to do mm-hmm. or what to change, right? Yes. So, yes. you know, good good sometimes and bad sometimes yes. or maybe yes. not the expected outcome, yes. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so for me, uh, great question by the way. So for me, it would be it, um I have one example um outside of the home and one example in the home. And let me start off by saying that my parents uh, my biological parents were never married. Um, so that automatically kind of instilled a what not to do, right? So that was very sure, yeah. for me. But also, you know, the early church that I grew up in, I watched how the pastor of the church, as far as I could tell, at least publicly, um, interacted mm-hmm. with his wife within the life of that community. And so that was, that was exemplary for me. But also, I would say that my, when my mom got married, my stepdad, as it were, he really modeled that very, very well for me. And I gleaned a lot from observing and watching him. So I had a in the home example, as well as another out the home example. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I think that um, for me, and when I do mentoring, I always like to use real life examples. I think that as humans and sharing the same creator and knowing how much he wants community, that he puts people in our lives that we can model after. Uh, Very similar self-efficacy, right? Like it's just somebody. And so I think it's important for us to have those good and uh, perhaps not the best examples for us to, to lean into to kind of build our life after. So those are great. Absolutely. Yeah. Today, I want to kind of focus a little bit on on two groups, and that is those entrepreneurs who are in business with their spouse. Mm-hmm. And the other side of it is those um, entrepreneurs who are going on this journey with their spouse. And I know I'm going to give you guys a second here because I know that you have some great titles for those. So why don't you share with our listeners kind of how you categorize those two different relationships? Sure. Um, Well, I'll start off with the top. We pretty much divided them into like three categories from what we've experienced over the years. We're like, oh, wow, we're just seeing the same types of married couples over and over again. So um, the first type that we we personally were when we got married were spousalpreneurs. And that's where one of us was working the nine to five and the other was actually operating the business. And then they, they are the other type, the next type is the indiepreneurs. And so the indiepreneurs is when both spouses in the business run businesses. They are entrepreneurs, but they run individual separate businesses. Gotcha. And then there's the couplepreneur. Um, the couplepreneur is where both spouses run and operate the same business together. So mm. you can be a combination of those. And we've also realized that people are, you know, couples often are like transitioning from one to the next. They may be spouses, but they want to yeah. be couples, you know. So um, that's where we come in with helping with those systems to put them in place. And sometimes they can be two out of those three. Mm-hmm. So sure. when we were initially married, I, as, as she just said, Sway said, we were spousalpreneurs, but then there came a point where uh, we became indiepreneurs. But then there became a point where we were indiepreneurs and couplepreneurs, which is actually actually oh, what we are today. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So we're two. So those are they all have their unique dynamics uh, and things to, you know, watch out for, <laughs> but they also have their yeah. unique advantages as well. So, yes. 
Sure, sure. Yeah. And I love that. I just love how you broke it down because I do think, again, we're complex beings and we have complex relationships. And part of that is, um, you know, complexity in how we work and how we create businesses. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's touch a little bit on kind of what you call the spousal panure. So this is an individual who may have his or her own business, but then you have a spouse who is a W-2 or perhaps is already retired Mm -hmm. or um, maybe, you know, staying at home with the kids Mm -hmm. or other family members. Mm -hmm. What are some best practices? Because I've been in that situation before, and believe it or not, I'm a little headstrong. I know that's probably (laughs) a surprise. No. Um, but I had a hard time not sort of in injecting myself in my husband's business. And so, you know, I'm just curious, what are the things that you see for those individuals who are running a business and, and that spouse is not involved in it? What's some best practices there? Well, I will say this first. I know I feel Good. like you have something Good. to say. I just feel it coming. So let me get it <laughs> real quick and then I'm going to let him jump in. Yeah. Um, first, I think it's important to be clear on like what the goal is, because, you know, you can have multiple spousalpreneur couples and they can all have different goals, which means then the next step needs to be different. So that best practice, I think it's really going to depend on what their goal is together. So is their goal to remain spousalpreneurs or is their goal to um, eventually become couplepreneurs or, you know, what is, what is that goal? And I think that makes a difference on how you move forward, but were you going to interject whatever you want to interject right there? Is that sure? Sure. Okay. So I think it obviously starts with goals as Sway just mm-hmm. outlined, and that's mm-hmm. going to be foremost and making sure that that's clear between the two of you. But also, I would say that um, because there's a tendency to want to compartmentalize and assume mm-hmm. that, well, you know, if you let's say, you know, whoever's the one that's that's running the business, driving the business. Sometimes there's this assumption that nobody else in the house sort of wants to hear about it. Maybe my spouse doesn't really want to hear about it, or maybe the assumption is that they don't really care about it. But I think it's important to not compartmentalize in such a way that the spouse who's not in the business feels um, disconnected, isolated, or perhaps even invaluable, or or should I say not valuable um, to the business. And so one of the things that we often um, talk about as a best practice is, is that wherever there's weigh-in, there's buy-in. And so while Mm -hmm. the spouse may not work the business or work in the business, Mm -hmm. it's okay to bring home certain aspects, opportunities, or challenges and say, hey, here's something that I'm dealing with within the business. And I wanted to get your perspective. I know you don't work in the business. I know you may not understand this industry, but what are your thoughts about this just as a, just, just in general? And what happens is, is then by simply doing that, the spouse who's not in the business automatically feels valued, feels engaged. And even if they say, you know what, that's above my head. I'm not even really sure. The very fact that you went through the exercise yeah. of giving them the opportunity right. to have weigh-in is going to more than likely cause that spouse to have buy-in. And that buy-in is going to serve you well down the road as you continue to build. Yeah. And I'll also say this too, if I may. We've realized there are also very specific red flags for each of those marriedpreneur types. And you just kind of reminded me of that. So for those spousalpreneurs, uh, that red flag that we often see that they deal with. Is what we call running mates. Mm -hmm. Now this kind of 
you know, puts you in the mindset of, you know, a campaign. But but here's the point. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the spouse who name is at the bottom of the ticket, if I can use that way of saying it, Mm -hmm. can sometimes feel like they don't have a voice or perhaps even be able to contribute. Mm -hmm. And so it's important that they have some sense of value add. Mm -hmm. It doesn't even have to be of a technical nature. You know, Mm -hmm. it could be whatever their skill set or competence is that they can even offer some insight to that, whatever that may be. Yeah. So, Yeah. 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 Well, and and again, I know that we share the same passion in that we want healthy marriages, right? And so could it be a thing that even if going back to that buy-in part Mm -hmm. is that even if that your your spouse who's not in the business, Mm -hmm. perhaps not working or or having that W-2 job that you create a um, transparency for that entrepreneur to know that there's just somebody to lean into. Mm -hmm. Because I think so often entrepreneurship is lonely. Mm -hmm. And when you don't feel like you can come home, in my sense, you know, to your best friend and be like, today was hard. I have these big celebrations Mm -hmm. that that can really start to create a divide in just your marriage in and of itself, because you're starting to keep things Mm -hmm from each other, which I don't, I've never met a couple that that's worked for. Right, right. It, does, it never ends well. Um, one of the things that we definitely stand on in this truth is that if one of you is called to entrepreneurship, then the family is called to entrepreneurship. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that both of you have to be working directly in the business, but that business will ultimately impact your marriage. And so being able to understand like, well, where does this fit in our family building or our legacy building, like what does this actually look like? And and what part does this play as we grow together, as we age together? Because if we're not growing together, you're going to be growing apart. Like there's no in between, you know? And so I think it's so important to just be, as you mentioned, just transparent in that. And then, and making sure that it's not this separate thing per se, like it's nothing that it's, it's, I'm doing this alone, but even if, you know, I may be the quote unquote face of the business, knowing that my spouse is there to support and to encourage and to give insight where available. That right there, it goes it goes a very long way. It goes a lot longer. It goes a lot, a lot further than many give credit for. And so yeah. um, just being able to do it together in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, would you agree this? I, this I'm probably going to have some listeners who are like, oh, I don't agree with you. So I'm, I'm curious if you're going to agree with me. I also don't think that you should keep anything from your spouse. Oh, no. Yeah. Would you, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like, hey, <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's a given, but, but I think that's yeah. one of the things that starts to tear people apart. And so when you talk about your goals and your business building, it's that there's no real lines of, uh, of what you're not sharing, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Like you're sharing everything with each other. And that includes your entrepreneurship journey. Yeah, I, like, I mean, why did you get married? It's full transparency. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. you're, you're, you've made a decision. You, you've made a, a covenant <laughs> to become one. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> I mean, like you're one now, you're one. And the moment you decide, intentionally decide to keep information from your spouse, I mean, whether it's in business or anything, it just doesn't end well. You know, it doesn't doesn't end well. Yeah, I I think that can come in a certain way, right? So sometimes I'll, okay, so I would imagine perhaps, you know, an entrepreneurial spouse is thinking, well, I don't want to 
come home and always feel like I'm dumping on my spouse. Yeah, I think we, I think there's a nuance that could perhaps be clarified. And that is, it may not be that we come home and just, you know, lay it all out for them, you know, sort of at our own whim and will, but it could be a thing where it's abundantly clear to our spouse that they have access to know. Yeah, I think that's good. So I yeah. think that's the communication part. Listen, you have access to know, and I want you to know, but I want you to have access to know. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. Oh, I love that. That's good. Get that's that good, the access mm-hmm. part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's really good. Okay, so let's now go. Um, I feel like some of those same principles could work with, the, with our indiepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Right. Again, the communication part of it. So what is different? Oh, I was going to say the red flag, though, for the indiepreneurs. So, yeah, it's different from the spousalpreneurs and the indiepreneurs. They often deal with. Yeah, this is what we call. So if for the spousalpreneur, it was the running mate uh, threat, if you will. Um, Then for the indiepreneur, it's the um, potential to become like roommates where all you're doing is splitting the bills and swapping war stories. Mm. Okay, so so okay, totally off script here, but how do you prevent that? <laughs> yeah, it, it, the answer is very similar to the first one. Mm-hmm. Okay, again, where there's way in, there's buy in, and you want your spouse mm-hmm. to know that hey, I get that you have a completely separate business that you're running and that you're driving, and, mm-hmm. and me as well. But but neither of us is married to our business; we're married to each other. That's right. That being said. Yeah. That being said, um, I think it's important to know that we can take on the sense of consultants for one another. And that doesn't have to be technical mm-hmm. industry consulting. That could just be emotional consulting. Hey, I ran into sure. an issue like this. Have you had this experience in your business? If so, how did you mm-hmm. handle it or get through it? And when you do that, then both of you feel as if, once again, your insight is valued, but really your, your intimacy. And by that, I just simply mean heart to heart, mind to mind, really that connection point mm-hmm. that, hey, I need you, but yeah. this is going to work. But even sort of larger than that, going back to Sway's earlier point is what are we building? Mm-hmm. Are we just trying to build great profitable businesses or are we actually mm-hmm. building out a family legacy, which then these businesses are just those underpinnings to that bigger end? Another group now that that has it hard because maybe there's not a lack of information. Maybe it's too much information. (laughs) (laughs) And that would be the couplepreneurs that are in the business trying to run it together. Uh, Bless anybody who's doing a startup (laughs) together. They need extra prayers. If that is you out there, I'm going to add you to my prayer list. So what does that look like? And and how do we make sure that they stay together and there's not this wedge in their relationship? Well, yeah, the couplepreneurs is a little different with their red flag. So their red flag is really to prevent becoming cellmates, whereas all they do is like they're handcuffed to the business and all they do is talk about the business. They cannot not talk about the business or not do the business or not think about the business. Like date nights turn into work, work nights. 2.0. Yes. Work yeah. Night. So like everything is about yeah. the business and that's an issue because then it's like you, your marriage becomes lost in the business. Very, a lot 
easier, I would say, because you're doing that together and it could be the talk more about the business, the connection more about the business versus you all actually being married at the core. Yeah. And can I add to that? Here's the here's the subtlety of that. The assumption could be that because we are building this together, that we are nurturing our marriage like simultaneously. But that's not necessarily the case Mm -hmm. because if the business is consuming the two of you, then you're really not building your marriage. You're just both on lockdown to the business. And at that point, as I often say, the tail is wagging the dog. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how would you suggest that date night does not become work night because, um, you know, I'm running it through the lens of even just parenting, right? Yeah. Like that's hard when you sit down, you're, especially young parents, mm-hmm. you think the kids are with the babysitter and you sit down and then the meal comes and you're looking at your phone, is the babysitter going to call? Mm-hmm. And like, so totally distracting. And I think business would be the same. So mm-hmm. I- any tips or tricks that you guys have learned? Yeah, absolutely. This is <laughs> what we tried to you know, work on each day. Um, Every day is a little different though. But when it comes to date nights for us, we have to just be very intentional, right? So we have very clear, it's a system for us, everything, not everything, but we try to systematize a lot of things. Um, So when it, when it comes to even date nights, having systems built in around that to protect, barricade our marriage from the business, especially on date nights. Mm -hmm. So there are certain rules that we have in place. Like we're not going to talk about business tonight, right? So that means we need to have other triggers. So we don't allow ourselves to even get to that place. So we need to plan in advance. Okay, what are we going to talk about? On our date night tonight, what are we going to do? Like what? And so there have been times when I go online and I'm Googling just even like conversation topics on like, you know, how to get to know your spouse better, you know, and just things that you can ask your spouse about their upbringing or, you know, how they're doing or if they like this or don't like that or has this changed with them? You know, just over time, we all change. And so just being very intentional about learning your spouse and about growing together with this is totally outside of the business. And I would say that it it did feel very foreign initially. It felt weird. It felt like wait a minute, I feel like we need to be more responsible and talk about business now, you know? Um, So also having in place a type of uh, wind down system Mm -hmm. for yourselves individually each day is important um, for us. So mentally, emotionally, we can unplug, you know, from the business, thinking about it and saying, okay, now I'm going to, we're going to be on a date. Like we're going to either go somewhere or change locations or or not, but just making sure that we have something else in place to preoccupy our minds. Otherwise, it, we're going to go to our default, you know, so yeah. we've been there. Um, and then we hold each other accountable. We have to hold each other accountable. So when either one of us, it even sounds anything remotely close to business. Like, yeah. Before you finish that thought. Is this a business thought? Like, is this a business right, thought? Are we right. sliding into this? And sometimes maybe like, oh, yeah. my bad. Thank you. Um, let me talk about something else. You know, or sometimes, oh, no, no, no. Okay. Yeah. Now we'll say, okay, this is not business, but I did want to ask you about such and such, but it's not, I'm not asking you about the business part. I'm asking you about, you know, the relationship over, you know, sure. so we have to really um, be clear about that. 
Yeah. No, I like that you keep each other accountable. Yeah. That That's important because especially if you created a business, which hopefully most people do that they love yeah. and they're passionate about, it's hard not to think about it all the time and not and it's hard not to talk about it. And especially if you're building a business that's going to be a legacy mm-hmm. business where you want to get your, your children and your grandchildren involved in someday, yeah. the excitement around that, I think, can definitely overshadow just, you know, you time, you know, us time during those those date nights. Absolutely. Of course, you did bring up a good topic, though. You said that you have to keep each other accountable. And sometimes accountability can cause a little bit of conflict. Yes, this is true. Yes. This is true. Yes. Um, just like decision-making in a couple-preneur relationship mm-hmm. can also, um, you know, cause a little bit of conflict there. Are there certain rules that a couple should have when it comes to to conflict within the business? Yeah, so... We have something called the it's our married manure method. Um, the married manure mm-hmm. method is was really <laughs> birthed out of us needing systems. Once um, my husband left uh, the bank and just launching out on his own, it was like I was already an entrepreneur. So I'm like, well, you need to make sure you have this in place and this in place. And I'm like, well, I don't want to be a nagging wife. I feel like I'm nagging and I'm tired of my own self. So what can I do (laughs) to like not nag him, but hold him accountable at the same time? So this is where these systems came in, where we would have like check-in meetings, but now we call them legacy meetings. And um, we have like a whole system in place where we do this, you know, monthly, weekly, uh, quarterly, annually, of course. Now with that though, in that marriedpreneur method, we are we get clear, like the first step is really understanding what your married manure vision is, getting very clear on that. So it's your marriage mission and your business vision and combining those mm-hmm. together. And then after that, the next thing is really to be clear on your communication styles in business, because oftentimes in business, that is going to be a little different than outside of business. And so um, there's some different communication styles that we dive into, but just making sure that we are, because we know we're very different in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. And so just making sure yeah. that for me, that I am, you know, honoring my husband, even if we're working together, you may be a coworker, but you're my husband first. And so that took me a minute to learn. Like he had to really explain, like, I'm not on your payroll, right? I'm not, I'm not, on, I'm like, okay, I understand, <laughs> just get to the point. I'm, you know, pretty direct. And he's like, no, 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 I'm your husband. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So tell me, teach me how to do this, you know? And so just going through that, understanding like what your communication styles are in business and how to respect and honor one another through that. And then the next step, the third of the fifth is um, your gifts and graces and just being very clear Mm -hmm. on your gifts and what your grace to do in this season and knowing, okay, if this is, if these are my gifts and this is what I'm graced to do in the season, then this is where we should really, I should really be focusing in what this looks like in the business. The next step ties in your gifts and graces into profitability, which is what we call wealth rows. And so the wealth rows is really the part that thank you that you were asking about is understanding what part we play in the business. And and we are uh, pretty strategic with understanding like where we, what our gifts and graces are and what those areas are that tie directly to profitability in the businesses. And so we try to, to stay in our own wealth rows. Whenever we get out of our lane, it just, it, it doesn't, go well. And so just making sure like as we make decisions, you know, based on those wealth yeah. roles, that would really determine who makes what decision. And then we come to each other. Okay. This is what I decided based on this being my wealth role. This is what I'm good at. Like, this is what I, I think, what do you think? Right. That doesn't mean the other person doesn't have input, but just being clear on who is the principal. Like there's always needs, always needs to be a principal 
um, for each item to make sure that that gets done. And then lastly, optimizing time. So just having systems in place to make sure that we are working well and diligently when it's time to work. So we're focused, but then we're also resting well, (laughs) you know, we're also taking, you know, a, a day, a week to really just rest and enjoy each other. Um, and then, of course, our date nights, too. But all of that really requires systematizing um, for each of us individually, but then together, bringing it together to make sure that we are flowing in the same in the, on the same page. I love that. I love that. So uh, I'm going to give you a chance here because I think that's a lot of information. And I'd love for every listener. We'll tell it again in the show notes. But where can they go to where can our listeners go to get more information about that? Those five steps? Yes, those five steps are actually a part of that. Maripreneur Method is a part of a larger system that we've created, which is called Maripreneur Operating System. And so we've realized over the years, we've been creating all these different systems. We want to have a hub for them. So the hub can be found on our website. Well, we have a checklist actually. So um, married entrepreneurs can use it as a checklist for their own marriage legacy systems, as well as their marketplace business systems. And that's over on our website at marriedpreneurlife.com. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because I know our listeners are probably driving right now. They're on the treadmill and they wanted to write all that goodness down and they couldn't. So I'm glad I'm glad you did that. Well, we like to think that we're the most practical business podcast in the world. So we always love to leave our listeners with something that they could maybe implement immediately, get off the treadmill, uh, park their car and start doing. So thinking about entrepreneurs who are embarking on this for the first time. Mm-hmm. Maybe they maybe 2020 was the catalyst for them with the pandemic. Um, so many people did that. I'm surprised when I look at the SBA, yeah. you know, stats, their statistics. Um, so what is something that they could do pretty immediately to start creating a entrepreneurship and a life with their spouse that would ultimately be honoring to God and honoring to their family? Yes. Yes. Like we both want to answer. So, so. <laughs> You can answer that now. We'll see if we say this. I think sometimes when we launch out into entrepreneurship journey, we make assumptions and kind of we deal with things in a very ambiguous way, especially if we've come from other work experiences. One of the things that was very helpful for me that I would encourage anyone who is starting out on building this journey is to get a piece of paper and take inventory of what ways you've excelled in other businesses or companies you've worked for in the past. A lot of times we don't assess our skill set. We assume our skill sets. And so I think it's important to take inventory because then that's going to be the beginning of how you can start to shape what you will do um, in a very real and practical way without you getting outside of your core competencies. So I would say take inventory of what it is that you do well and have been recognized for doing well in the past. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, that's really good. Um, I would also say one of the first things that we ended up doing together that really has helped us throughout these several years um, is implement our daily legacy meetings. And we do those we can do it like in about 10 minutes. Like we've timed it before. So it doesn't require a lot of time at all. I know sometimes people are like, oh my goodness, meetings, more meetings. Like, no, this <laughs> really is, uh, I would say like a roadmap for the day, a roadmap for your legacy, you know, to make sure that you all are on the same page, the same path and really are intentional about 
the capacity that you have for that day and making sure that you're using your resources, your energy, um, your focus, your drive, you know, your your time in a way that is going to move you forward. Like it really requires that level of intentionality. So um, within that legacy meeting, it can be super, super simple um, just for starters, just being clear about um, your your top three for the day, making sure that you're accountable with one another, like those wins that you want to have. But also yeah. with that, asking one another, okay, how can I support you today? Right. And then it mm-hmm. may be, how can I pray for you today? You're my, you're my spouse. What, what do you need help with? You know, I want to help you um, how I can. And it may be something that you didn't even think about without, you know, before they said it. So making sure that they're clear on that. And then at the end of the day, we don't necessarily do it as a formal meeting, but when we, we do ask ourselves at the beginning of the day, okay, what time are we stopping today? (laughs) So what time are we stopping? Because depending on what season we're in, there may be longer days than not. And, but we need to make sure that we're on the same page. So then once again, we can hold ourselves accountable. So if we say five o'clock, usually he'll come in here. Okay. It's five Oh five or he'll, you know, four forty-five. I need about 20 more minutes. You good with that? (laughs) that. You know, just making sure that we're communicating. And then at the end of the day, checking back in with each other. Okay. How did your, your three go? How did, what did you need help with? Or how did, you know, just making sure that we are, um, we're connected in that way. And then we're supporting each other and then holding each other accountable too. So I I guess I would say that's a part A and part B for me that has helped us tremendously. I love that. I love that. Such great nuggets today, guys. Thank you so much for sharing. I know that um, this really, I mean, hits every single person out there. And even if they are in a position where they are an an executive leader and they're listening right now, and perhaps they're not an entrepreneur or fall into one of those other categories, this is just great life lessons on how to have a great marriage. And so Mm Thank you both so much for sharing your time and, uh, you know, just sharing your knowledge with us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. It's been amazing. Amazing. (laughs) Excited to be here. Glad to do it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, I loved having the Buckleys on today's episode. It was so phenomenal. And you guys know I always love to give you a takeaway. For me, um, I've got a couple. And the first one is I love how they were able to put some language around titling the different roles that you and your spouse may have in your entrepreneurship journey. You know, you have your, um, you know, your indiepreneurs, you have your couplepreneurs, right? You, you know, you have those who are their spousepreneurs. I think that's just really great sometimes to put language around the journey that you are getting into. And I love the fact that they said, make sure you give your spouse access. Not that you always want the access, but it's just nice knowing that you have access to it. So there was so much goodness in today's episode. I know you're going to probably go back and re-listen to it. I am actually going to do the same thing, but I do have a download for you, um, and that's got great information too. This week's download is the newest guide from the Buckleys. It's their 2021 Marriedpreneur Checklist. Now, they told you you can find that on their website at marriedpreneurlife.com, but you know you can always get our resources at onenextsteppodcast.com. And you can also text the phrase one next step to 31996. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Please tune in next week for another fabulous episode of One Next Step. Start by making today count. 
Check out next week's episode. We're going to have Jen Barden, our Director of Finance here at Belay, with our very own Amy Appleton, Director of Marketing. Jen will share with Amy why it's so important to have a bookkeeper on your team and what you should tackle first. Here's a sneak peek into their conversation. Bookkeepers should be communicating weekly with their clients. Mm -hmm. And I know that clients often, you know, they get a bookkeeper and they think, okay, I don't need to, you know, I don't have to worry about this anymore. But really, they should be keeping in touch. They should be going over reports on a monthly basis, making sure that they're reviewing everything that the bookkeeper does. Thanks for listening to One Next Step. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. Then join us next time for more practical business tips and tools to help you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence. For more episodes, show notes, and helpful resources, visit onenextsteppodcast.com.